Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. Once again, we are exploring the mystical side of life. Each episode, we delve into spirituality, mysticism, and metaphysics. This week, we have Amy Gillespie Doherty. Amy is an ancestral eye reader, and I am so excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Linda. I'm really excited to be here today. Appreciate your time. Well, Amy, you bring a whole new level of meaning to the eyes are the window of the soul. I think your work is really amazing. Please tell us a little bit about irogenics and the difference between it and iridology. Sure. So iridology has been around a very long time and it involves taking a look at the eyes for medical aspects. And it's something that I have not trained in at all. I tumbled into creating aerogenics when I had just come back from Africa where I was doing survival skills training for kids. And I was back to the States and I wanted to keep working with kids in some kind of survival aspect. And I thought, well, what's killing American kids, right? And the answer, unfortunately, was self-destructive behaviors and suicide patterns. And so I took a class with a gentleman who was teaching about conscious language, about speaking what our subconscious really has going on. Like when we say, I'm making a choice to um, start a new book, to become an author. Or if we say, I decided to quit smoking. Well, if you think about decided, there's genocide, homicide, suicide pesticide. They will kill an option. When we make a choice, we've opened our options. And he was doing something called bioptic holography. He was reading eyes and he was using the old iridology or not the old, but the iridology map together with kind of Louise Hayes work. And I was like, well, that's just the coolest thing ever. But all the way through, I trained with like four different people and all the way through, I was like, something's missing. How can it be that a person is born with a marking in a challenge with sibling rivalry when they're the oldest child. They don't have any siblings yet. And so as they get each sibling, does their eye change? And then if one dies, does it go back? I was like, something here just isn't quite coming together. And so I you know, built this beautiful foundation of training four different systems and all these personality aspects. And then I got to my fifth teacher who was working with grandparents and great grandparents. And I was like, that's it. This was my ancestors' issue with sibling rivalry, whether that was their brothers or whether they got rehomed to the farmer down the road and it was his sons, which were now stepbrothers, or whether they were in an orphanage and it was the competition between the boys. It was something to do with kind of a peer rivalry or trauma with those kind of perceived in that kind of brotherly role in life. And that's really where it kind of started from. Well, I think it's absolutely amazing, first of all, that personality traits can show up in the eye, and also ancestors. I've had the privilege of having a reading with Amy, and I could not believe how many faces were in my eyes. It just blew me away. Yeah, I am. Um, so in the beginning, when I lived in Colorado, I was working with social workers, Department of Corrections, and Boys and Girls Club. And so I would see what looked like, you know, man or or a woman delivering a baby, or somebody in a pair of suspenders. I was like, what in the world's that? But I just kind of, you know, tamped it down because I was working in a very academic environment. 
And then when I came to Virginia and started working at holistic fairs and expos, people would say to me, don't you see that woman in my eye? Don't you see that man? And finally, one day I was like, okay, God, okay, divine, okay, source and spirit. If this is what I'm supposed to be doing, let's go. And from there, it was just unbelievable. Even going back to my own pictures, which had been taken years earlier, the images were always there. I had just never looked for them. And when I saw them, I kind of brushed them away. And then it was just something that just couldn't be avoided anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, they're just everywhere. So everyone has anywhere from 20 to 200 images. Some people have so many images that when I start looking at their eyes, I'm like, where do you even want me to go? You have like an entire like county in here. You don't just have a city. You've got all these images. So it's pretty fascinating. So Amy, why do you think the ancestors show up in our eyes? Are they showing us patterns that need to be healed or showing us strengths that maybe we've inherited? Or is it just a tendency? Or are they actually there? Well, there's that. What a great question. Um, there are seven layers to the eye color. So as you go down, some, some people have where they've got like openings that look almost like a flower petal. And the deeper they are, then to me, that's the more times it's a repeat on either that gift, talent, ability, or trauma. The images being there, what I've seen and what I've been given is a couple of things. One, if you, for example, have been through a situation of having to um, rehome your cat or your dog, and I mean like your beloved cat, your beloved dog, you know, where it's been a really traumatic experience then this is where you've maybe had an ancestor who had to rehome a child or separate themselves from a child. Maybe they sent them to the Americas ahead, planning to come behind them and never got there, that kind of thing. And so it's like when you go through that experience and you're so heart torn, it's like they're there saying, oh, I've been there with you. I've been there with you. So everybody has very distinctive eye patterns. When I've done twins, identical, fraternal, mirror twins, they have their own patterns. Some are similar to their twin, but some are, are very, very different. And so what I see when I'm looking at that eye is I'm looking at which patterns are going to come up during your lifetime for healing. And so it just tells me it's going to come up because it's an issue for your family. It's going to hit your trigger. You know, how some people scream, you never listen to me. And the next person's like, oh, they never listen to me anyway. There's no charge. And that's our goal. Our goal is to get to the end game with no charges, that everything has been resolved. So for our ancestors during Spanish flu, being separated could mean death, right? They were separated. We've got Amazon. We've got cell phones. We've got text. We have a whole different toolkit than what our ancestors have. So it's like our personal evolution is constantly running, constantly running. And while that evolution is running, it's saying, hey, this has been a threat to us in the past. Is it still? Does it still cause us drama and trauma? And if you charge it with a lot of emotion, then the answer is yes. And if you're like, oh, I'm not even going to think about that. I'm going to go vote for president, which our ancestors couldn't do. I'm going to turn the light on, our ancestors couldn't do. I'm going to go order the propane online, our ancestors couldn't do it. I'm going to call an ambulance. Things they just could never do. We have all these tools now available. So it's almost like they choose to come back now. Like there's been enough time to just check. Is it over yet? Is it safe to come out yet? If we heal that pattern or that trauma in our own lives, does that affect 
our ancestors and our future generations? I'm going to give a resounding yes, whether you know who your ancestors or your relatives are or not. So my feeling is if you, for example, have a situation of not being heard, not being listened, when you say to your child, hey, be sure you don't text and drive tonight. I just got a bad feeling. You know, if you aren't heard, when you say to somebody, don't go out with that guy, there's just something off and I can't put my finger on it. But let's say that that pattern started on the Titanic. Captain, I had a dream. This ship's going to hit an iceberg. We've got to get everyone off. When they weren't listened to and they suffered that trauma afterwards, then when we're telling somebody something from an intuitive place and they're not listening and we hit that trauma again. So if we can heal that pattern, then all the offspring from that individual gets a healing load on that. It isn't just straight down. It's all the way out. And chances are they got that pattern from somebody before them and before them. So the further back we can go back and catch a pattern and heal it, there's like a ripple effect going out. And people you don't even know you're related to suddenly start showing up in your life. All of a sudden, a job you could never get happens. Documents in your ancestral research that you couldn't locate, you were sure they were gone, haven't been able to find them for years. Somebody calls, hey, I came across this trunk of papers. And that's, I think, how we really get this clue that we've done some big healing work. Because all of a sudden, it's like all the players start shifting around. And we don't even know that we're related to these people. Every one of us was on this planet when those pyramids went up. We don't know who we were related to, what they were doing in that year. We just don't. And so we've got a long ways back that we can catch up some, some healing. So Amy, do you think awareness is enough for healing? Or do we actually have to do something to heal those patterns? Awareness is probably 99.9% .9 of it. But it's really having the right awareness. So for example, some people have a marking in their eye just outside of six o'clock because the eyes are like mirrors, they're like a book. So what's on the outside of one is on the outside of the other. So there's a marking just outside of six o'clock that's about paperwork. So in the right eye, it's about signature documents, leases, signing a check, signing a credit card, right? That kind of thing. The thing is, if you've gotten into trouble with a contract before, and like it's been big, if it's a big story, it's weird, it's something that would only happen to you, it's like really distinctive, then it's ancestral, right? Just plan on it, that's where it is. So let's say you've signed something that just turned into a nightmare, a lease on an apartment that just turned into a train wreck. Then you really wanna look at the dynamic of how did it happen? It wasn't just the signing. While you were signing it, were you thinking, I probably shouldn't sign this. I wonder if I should wait till tomorrow. I wonder if I should have a lawyer read this. I haven't read this whole thing. You want to really get nice and deep into your own dynamics. How did this happen? You got locked in the stairwell at the Hilton on the 23rd floor. Was it because you ignored the sign on the door? Is it because someone told you earlier, hey, don't go out that door and you forgot? Is it because the door malfunctioned? The dynamics are what will match. The dynamics will be exact. If you try to open a door and can't get out because the doorknob came off, that's completely different than your brother shoving you in a closet and laughing on the other side of the door while he locks you in. You want to watch the dynamics because that's where you find it. And once you've got that awareness, you typically can, can fix the pattern. I'd like to say too that the personality traits that you picked up in my eye reading were right on. And we'd never met. So I'm pretty amazed that you could find these things in my eyes. And in my reading, you mentioned that there are parts of the eye that don't change, that we're born with these patterns. 
do we have a choice in whether they play out? Yes. So I have read eyes where the personality doesn't match the person. Too young to really even remember doing it. So let's put a little clarity on, on what changes and doesn't for people, because those who come from iridology may have some different aspects of training on this. So eye color can look different on any given day because eye color is reflective. If you put light on the eyes, you're going to see what the true colors are in there. But in any lighting situation, and maybe their blood pressure is different, maybe their wellness is different, maybe they're, they're down or their immune system's down and their eyes are maybe a little bit different shade. So eye color is very much reflected out. And so somebody has eyes that look green one day, blue another. So color changes, but it doesn't really change. The spots that get in the eyes, the people who have the little freckles or brown spots or black spots, those typically show up between age two and 22. The pupil shape is pretty much permanent by age two or three. So that's pre-conscious memory. That's those early, um, if anybody's been hospitalized or been in an accident prior to age two or three, something they wouldn't remember, but somebody would have to tell them about, then that can make a shift. And I find that when the, when the trauma is great enough, or the environment is great enough to impact the shape of the pupil, then the personality has been shifted. So you can find people who were born very creative, kind of emotional, a little bit passionate, you know, those, those hug me, hug me people. And maybe they grow up either in a system or in a family where that is not embraced. <laughs> like everybody at the dinner table, Children should be seen and not heard. In fact, maybe they shouldn't even be seen. As a survival mode, children, infants, will make a personality shift. They'll shift over to what's called the performer personality. And the performers from either side, whether they start off as physically sensitive or whether they start off with the connected eye structure, which is a little more emotional, a little bit more um, right brain, when they shift into performer, they become a chameleon, where they can turn on whatever personality we need at whatever time. There's an eye pattern for those people that you really should not talk to before 10 in the morning. And that's not about coffee. They just, they're processors. They don't like to be rushed. They don't like people to push them into decisions. With those folks, you want to ease into any big decisions and give it to them later. But so you can see where someone is now pushed to be up every morning at four o'clock, even though that's not their natural tendency. So people can make a shift. What I find is people who have made the greatest variance from their birth personality are the ones having the greatest issues with relationships. Because it's like when we meet somebody, our eyes take like a one second and like they know exactly who's behind those eyes. But if they're not that actual personality, there's like a, who is this? What happened here? Who's behind those eyes? It's like, wait a minute, who's behind that? So yeah, when they've made a big personality change, it will actually show up. We have a right eye, we have a left eye, we have paternal ancestors, we have maternal ancestors. Is there a link between who shows up in which eye or can anyone show up in either of the eyes? So the people can really be, the images can be on either side. So an example would be, so we've talked about what's to the outside is the outside. So to the outside, um, kind of bottom mid quadrant, you've got, you've got the girls here on the left and you've got the boys or brothers here on the right. Having said that, the left eye is also creativity, crafting. 
interpretive sports like gymnastics and ice skating. So if you have a great grandfather, mother's or dad's side, let's say on your mother's side, just for sake of our example, who is a violinist and he's on his way to the big audition and somebody trips him on the stairs and he falls and he breaks his violin and he breaks his finger and he can't do the audition. And now he dies an old drunken man from, you know, whatever, whatever, because his one chance was gone. That will still show up in the left eye in creative competition, right? Then if you think about a woman over here who's in some kind of creative, maybe in dance review or, or whatever the case is, maybe she's a concert pianist, but now somebody steals her song, there's plagiarism. Plagiarism is in the right eye because this is where we find legal, legal documents, inheritance, ownership, identity. And so you have to kind of look, and there is a video on left and right in my YouTube channel that's just like a two and a half minute video that talks all about the difference between right and left. But you're right, you can end up with really somebody on either side. That's why you can't really cut and paste an eye reading. It would be so nice if you could, because you could just say, put in a picture of your eyes and here, go ahead and read it. But you can't really do that because it's the whole package. You've got to kind of look at. I suppose it's not as important who had that experience, but how it impacts us and what we do with it. Exactly. Exactly. So again, looking back to your own situation, if you look at the dynamics of your situation, then you're going to know the dynamics of your ancestors. You just take a little closer look at the steps of how did I get into this? How did I get into this mess? Or how did I get into this trauma? And so did you ignore your own self or did you let somebody else tell you you're wrong? Why would anyone want to have their eyes read? Oh, that's a great question. If you had a lot of ancestral patterns, it's a great time to have your eyes read. Kids who are coming into their careers, coming to career time, it's a great opportunity to look at their real gifts and talents because they might have a talent for something that isn't maybe recognized right off as a talent, like a gift for expression or a gift for connecting random information, you know, diagnostics, that kind of thing. So I read this gal's eyes. This was a few years back, she was about 14 and everything you asked her was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you like the book? I don't know. Do you like the movie? I don't know. How do you like school? I don't know. <laughs> so I read her eyes and her eyes said, if she didn't find something that she would get passionate about, she would become really kind of self-destructive. I said, okay, so your homework for the next three years is I need you to never say, I don't know again. Okay. Tell me what you do know. Did you like the book? I liked the cover. Okay. What didn't you like? I didn't like the main character. Okay, good. From now on, and her mom was there, I was like, we're going to evict this I don't know thing, okay, out. So three years later, she got into a school for gifted children. She got into a vanguard school, forensic science. So going into career. Also regarding kids, if you have that child who cannot hear I love you, they just can't hear it no matter how many ways you say it, we probably want to take a look back at the experience mom's experience of the pregnancy and dad's experience of the pregnancy imprint on the child on the eye so we can take a look at it and see when did people find out were there scares during the pregnancy nobody did anything wrong i mean okay maybe some people have done something wrong but on average everybody has this imprint nobody did anything wrong but for example i read eyes for a gal and i was like oh my gosh what happened during your mom's pregnancy it's like she had on abs breaks from like the seventh week to the end and her sister happened to be there and she said, oh yeah, mom got pregnant with an IUD in. And the doctor told her the baby was going to be born with a coil sticking out of her head. 
or her heart that she should be prepared that something like that could happen. And so I said, oh my gosh, so how often does she say, I don't know what's wrong with me. What's the matter with me? All the time. She says it every day, probably five times a day. So let's get that language out. But yeah, if you're not sure about career, if you've got a lot of weird situations happening in your life, any of those turning points. So for people like us, who've kind of done a lot of work, we've done a lot of spiritual study, you know, it's a cool factor. I'm just gonna say it, it's a cool factor. I mean, how cool was it to see those images in your eye? It was amazing. It's amazing, you're like, who are these people? What are they doing in here? You know, it's just such an amazing experience. And you're just like, who are all these folks? Even if you don't know who we are, now you are you know, being seen and heard. And if we see someone who's from behind, like we're looking at somebody walking away from us, it's someone unknown. So this is where there's somebody missing in the family. Somebody who, you know, in the 1900s, early 1900s, you could run away and change your name and there weren't social security cards or fingerprints or whatever at that time. And so you could get away with it, just change your name. But we'll see if there's missing people in the family because we'll see people from behind in your eye. We'll see that the person with the gift for writing, we don't know who it is because they're from behind. I had one gal who, and this is not normal. <laughs> this is not a normal response. But she went out from her reading and she contacted me, oh gosh, I don't know how much later, and said, I found five aunts I never knew I had. There was a family feud years ago that nobody talked about. My mom died some years ago. None of us knew anything about this. And I just found an entire missing part of my family that I would have never looked for, you know, if you hadn't talked about that in my reading. And I can read from a photo like you did. You sent me your pictures and I did your reading. I didn't need to, we didn't need to sit down. I, mean, I love to take those gorgeous, crisp 35 millimeters, but we can read. I mean, even if the photo is kind of out of focus or whatever, there's still plenty of information to read there. So it's all good. I think one of the biggest gifts that I received from that reading is having a real sense of the ancestors with me. More than, you know, you might think of your ancestors or you might hear the seven generations behind, but when you can actually feel them in your energy field, it's pretty cool. We'll see that Viking in there. We'll see that samurai. You know, we'll see that person who was at the goddess schools, especially those who did athletic training, like high level athletic prowess training. They love to show up in the eyes. What I find fascinating is dark stuff doesn't show up in the eyes. You never see somebody hit by a train. You never see anybody hung. You never see people fighting. You never see shackles or chains it's never there. And, and there's, there's ancestral lines where I look at it and I think, well, I'm going to think I'm going to see, I'm going to see something here. I'm going to see Auschwitz in this eye, right? It's never, ever there. Quite often when we look at our ancestral line, we look at things that we judge or the things that are shadow aspects. It's so fascinating that there are so many gifts in there as well. And they're really, I mean, they're like a universe. You know, some people will say, wow, it looks like, like a giant sand painting, or it looks like crushed velvet, or it looks like leaves, or, I mean, they really are so beautiful when you get in there. The iris is just so amazing. And so I tell people it's like how you can make a rainbow with a garden hose. It's moisture, it's a curved surface, and it's light. 
right? So you've got light when you take the photo, you've got water on the eyes, you've got the tears, you know, you have a level of moisture and you have this curved surface and it's reflective. It's no less real than a rainbow and it's no less nebulous than a rainbow. Could you stick your hand through it? Could you have a double rainbow? Could you have sun dogs? Could you have half a rainbow? It's really, it's really reflection, the reflective qualities. Many of the images are like that. Some are like really right in the texture and in the openings in the eyes, the little like the flower petals where you're just like, wow, this makes up. And then you think, especially when somebody's got like brown spots or red spots where it looks like someone with red hair, you're like, was the ancestor there that made that red spot? Or was the red spot there and the ancestor took advantage of it in the picture getting in there? And we may never know. Who's to say? Yeah, fascinating. Amy, it's been a delight having you on the show today. Please tell us how we can learn more. Thank you. Well, I have two websites. I have irigenics.com and I have amygillespie.com. Amygillespie.com is really all about my, my books. Probably the best place to find information is my YouTube channel. So if you go into YouTube and type in Irigenics, I-R-I-G-E-N-I-C-S, then you can find videos actually about the work and how to take your own eye pictures. Thanks again for joining me, Amy. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find all of our conversations on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and look for us on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend if you enjoyed this conversation. You'll find me at thoughtchange.com. Discover what energy medicine can do for you. And while you're there, check out my program, Alchemy from the Inside Out. It's time to bring some magic into your life. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.